Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every single week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is Around the World. Hello everybody, joining me this fine evening, Nicole Davis, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm having a jolly old time, I have uh, some wine here with me, I know vodka would be more appropriate for this evening's movie, but uh, no, I'm I'm doing well, thank you. Very good, David Luzader, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. I made a mistake uh, when I watched this movie. Every time anybody said the words clone army or uh, <laughs> full bear mode, I took a shot and uh, was legally <laughs> dead for about 20 minutes after the movie ended. But I'm surviving. Full bear mode. Oh, I can't wait to talk about full oh. bear mode. Oh, uh, this was a... <laughs> This was an Around the World Week again, which means that it has to be an international pick not made in the United States. This was Nicole's pick this time. Before we introduce Nicole's pick, I do want to talk about, uh, or rather announce, next week's movie, which is a You Did This To Us poll. Now, we don't currently know, as of recording, what you picked, because you vote the week ahead, and we go ahead and watch it right before the episode records, meaning uh, Future Me is going to announce right now what we're watching. Stop wheezing the juice. That's right. Next week's episode is going to be 1992's Encino Man. And that's You Did This to Us. Oh, see what- boy. No! Oh, no. Uh, and just a reminder, I know I say this every week and every episode, but if you do want to vote on those, we want you involved. Go on over to MGRpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, and you'll get notifications when you have an opportunity every five weeks to do that. Because if you're only listening and keeping up to date with what's coming into your podcast feed, then people will have already voted, and you'll always be a couple episodes behind. So be sure to vote on You Did This to Us. This week, however, for Around the World, Nicole picked 2017's Guardians. It's a Russian film, I believe our very first Russian film, in 119 episodes. So it took us a while to get to Russia <laughs> and Around the World. Uh, during the Cold War, an organization called Patriot created a superhero squad, which includes members of multiple Soviet republics. For years, the heroes had to hide their identities, but in hard times, they must show themselves again. Nicole... How did you yes. even find this movie? <laughs> I believe I was uh, filling out some of my Blu-ray collection on Amazon. And under the recommended for you was Guardians as a superhero movie. And I'm like, what is this? And I clicked on it. And there's this bear with a minigun. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to see this. Mo- I have to own this movie. I bought the Blu-ray blind. I think it was like eight bucks. So, <laughs> um, you know, and since I, you know, I could have gone with Sergei Eisenstein. I could have done Battleship Potemkin. I could have done Tarkovsky. I could have done the original Solaris or Stalker or any number of, you know, film works of great <laughs> russian cinema and instead i was like nope doing the doing the bear movie doing the <laughs> doing the, <laughs> the were bear <laughs> well, well nicole was the only one to have seen this movie on the podcast she's not the only one to have heard of it uh i 
I've, I have been involved in comic book, the comic book world for a very long time, superheroes and all that. And I'd heard of this at some point in the past, but I'd never gotten around to seeing it. And now that I have, I have opinions. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to get into them. I will say that if you want to watch this, it's it's free. It's on IMDb TV, which you can watch on IMDb or on Prime Video for free. So it's available out there. It's not it's 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 a weird pick. It's not a difficult to find pick, which typically uh, one tends to go with the other when we pick films yeah. like this. Let's start off, however, with dub versus sub, the, the conversation we always have to have on around the world. Now, I will stand firmly in the camp having uh, only heard the dub as a movie and then the sub in the trailer when I went and looked for it. The dub is better because it makes it even worse. <laughs> I mean, that's I won't one argue. I won't argue that the dub makes it worse because it definitely does because the dub is awful. So bad. I mean, really awful. Poor vocal match for the original actors, poor delivery, poor lots of poor things. Um, <laughs> the sub, it, it's an accurate dub. I'll give it that. It's the same. It seems to be the same translation for both the dub script and the subtitles. Um, but, you know, the, the subtitles lets you see the movie the way it was meant to be seen. And it's it's still not a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's less bad with the subtitles. <laughs> also, yeah. a couple of the actors have very nice voices. And, you know, I, I hate to throw those away just for the sake of kitsch. Yeah, I I was originally going to watch the dub because I'm like, I'm not going to pay money for this uh, because I can get it for free, but it has ads. And as soon as like the first couple of ads started playing, I was like, oh, nope, I have been spoiled by an adless <laughs> life and I will drop, you know, the three or four dollars, however much it was to watch this. And like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to watch the sub. So I ended up watching the sub version myself, paid for it. Just because I could not, I, I can't deal with ads anymore. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I'm here for the kitsch. I, I want it. <laughs> Give me more. I was I going do. to try to blame the uh, the awkward, like stilted writing on maybe a bad translation, but apparently, if they're quite similar, it's just bad. It, oh, well, yeah. it could also be a bit of a bad. I mean, yes, also probably not super well written, but I don't think that whoever was doing the translation for this movie uh, was probably getting paid top dollar in order no, to do so. I, I don't <laughs> believe so. I don't think that that was taken into account. Uh, so we have these like four superheroes. Let's start right off the top by aligning it with you know stuff we are more familiar with in, in Western culture. Uh, Nicole, you have a question. Which U.S. superhero movie does this remind you most of? Um, let's go around the table. Like, what is what does this kind of feel like to you? Is it X Men? Is it Fantastic Four? If they are somehow even less cool, shots fired at Fantastic <laughs> Four. I'm sorry, they're boring. Hmm. Uh, David, as the head comic book guy of this group, you want to? Uh, I mean, that? I'll say that the the opening scene reminded me a lot of the first Sam Raimi Spider Man film. Um, Because it's very similar where you have a bunch of army guys in a bunker and then suddenly the technology turns on them. And it turns out one of their own like scientists slash developers is the one behind it all and who kills all of these like these generals. Uh, So once that started, I was like, okay, I see the vibe we're going for here. As for 
what it reminds me most of that is a tough question um i guess i guess if an x-men film where all of the characters are wolverine (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually that feels really good that pretty much i think signifies how i feel about this nicole uh i mean i i do have to say and i i hate to you know steal your thunder in any way brett but it it did remind me a good bit of fantastic four but i liked this better because they're not trying so hard to be funny and failing miserably like they do in fantastic four or at least in fan four stick um so it's uh i'd say in in terms of I don't know if I would say in terms of quality. In terms of how much I liked it, it falls somewhere between Fantastic Four and Justice League. Hmm. Um, for me, it's uh, yeah, it's I I found it solidly entertaining last night. There were some boring stretches. I will give you that, but you know those those few precious moments uh, about two thirds the way through the movie were made it all worthwhile. Oh, yes. Now, with the, with the Fantastic Four thing, the reason I was thinking about that was because, like, there's also an element to the Fantastic Four where, first of all, they both have a rock dude. So, like, that kind of made sense to me. But also, uh, the Fantastic Four kind of has that, like, almost like American exceptionalism type part of comics that David can definitely speak to more eloquently than I can that like this seems to have but Russian like they're all awesome and Russian and very Russian and they're very Russian <laughs> like they really want you to know how exceptional and Russian they are well except that the Fantastic Four is the most dysfunctional family in all of comics but that's that's neither here when they when they debuted they were they were very much the like the paragon of American superheroes right. yeah they don't have the abusive dad in this group in yeah. this group he's actually like a supportive and, and well, nice dad <laughs> they kind of have the the one who like they had two dads they had the one that experimented on them and turned them into what they are and then the one that supported them up until his death oh no I was talking about you're talking about the guy. father figure like, like rock guy yeah 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 as the, oh. the oldest of the team oh yeah Reed Richards is a real dick but we don't have time to get into that <laughs> Uh, David, I am glad you mentioned Doc Ock because like, that was my first thought when I saw um, this bad guy who I will refer to. Uh, what did I put in the docket? Small face, large body. Because his face oh. is just so small. It's just like this tiny that, little face. Like All the features are just compressed to the middle and then the body is ginormous. And he's so Doc Ocky. Oh, that suit could not have been comfortable to wear. I felt so bad for no. that actor. No. There are a couple of shots where when he like <laughs> moves his hands to you know control things, you can see that you can see the the bumps on the wrist where the suit buckles and like wrinkles around where he's where his joints are. It is a it's a <laughs> it's a bad muscle suit. It is a bad suit, and he's got no eyebrows, and there's no explanation for why he has no eyebrows, except that it makes him look weirder. Um, but I can't believe your first thought was Doc Ock. My first thought was the Toxic Avenger. This guy looks it. remarkably like the Toxic Avenger to me. I, I see it, it's, though. His I, face is symmetrical. I'd be curious <laughs> if Brett knows who the Toxic Adve- Avenger is. 
No, I don't. My my Doc Ock thought had less to do with what he looked like and more of the fact that like, he's the rogue genius scientist. Oh, and not oh. the thing on his back that augments his also kind of abilities. That. Yeah, <laughs> his yeah the the got uh, the harness that he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, the leather club harness, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was out for a really hard night of clubbing, and then was like, you know what, I need to do take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I did not know what this Toxic Avenger is, but apparently I need to see it. This looks like a trip. Oh, you'd like it. That's a 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became the first superhero from New Jersey. Love it. Yep. So one thing this movie does that it's great at doing is uh, telling, not showing. And I I think David and I both have (laughs) thoughts on this. So my qualm was that in the first five minutes of the movie, they quite literally sit down around a conference table and they explain the history of the movie to you and what's going on and why you should care. Um, and it's, it's some of the most telly not showy I've ever seen. Uh, David, you put in our docket. So glad everyone tells us exactly what their trauma is. Yeah. So there's that, there's the blonde. Uh, and as soon as I saw her, I was like, yeah, she's going to be the main character. Cause this is a Russian movie. Uh, like the blonde woman always wearing red lipstick, the, the major, I think she was, uh, who at some point has a moment with every single one of the heroes. Uh, and they, they just tell her exactly what their, what their deal is, what their damage is. One guy's like, I killed my brother. The other guy's like, I'm afraid of my powers. And then the uh, rock daddy, I don't remember what his whole spiel was. I think it was his wife died. Oh, he, he out, no, he outlived, outlived his daughter. That's right. Oh, yes. And it's like, it's so nice of you to just tell us what, what your issues are and have no actual character growth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't even want to open up the can of worms of her having that conversation with Werebear because that will lead us into full bear mode. And I think we need a whole separate section of the podcast for that. But she does that with all of them. Uh, And it does make me think like as we're talking about. Oh, go ahead, David. Uh, she doesn't even do. Like, she doesn't even come to them and is like, "What's your deal? What are you afraid of?" Just they they offer this information willingly to her at yeah. several right. points. It's that it's that you know supermodel Nick Fury vibe she gives off. Yes. It just makes people want to open up to her. Yes, <laughs> I I love when we're introduced to her. <laughs> I, I put it in our Slack, so I'll have to. Oh yeah, research that immediately. She like runs into the yeah. middle of this room full of you know uh, tech peons that run around and do the the clackety clack on the touch screen keyboards and stuff, and she's just like running in a circle, yelling random gibberish at them about how they need to research things immediately and find out any disturbances in uh, Russia in the last 10 years that would look like it might have been one of these guardians and because she finds all of them immediately within you know minutes uh, the the fake tech speak in this movie top-notch and by that I mean terrible <laughs> yeah I mean a lot of a lot of this was hastily written and then never double-checked no if I had to guess <laughs> So we're talking about these people as uh, the water girl. We've just called the girl because she's the only female uh, superhero. There's rock daddy. There's who else? Uh, So so where bear. Yeah. For some reason, the the Wikipedia for this movie is incredibly thorough. 
um, including like the <laughs> character, uh, like the character sections. But apparently, they are called Landman, which is the the Earthbender oh. Rock Daddy, Wildman, which is the Wear Bear, Windman, which is the the <laughs> Ninja Guy, I guess, uh, <laughs> and Water Woman. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was the. Yep. thing i thought the, the, the canonical you know, interpretation they, of them yeah well they're they're practically from like all the corners of the soviet mm. republics you know you've got the the woman's from is in the moscow circus and she's mm. supposed to be ukrainian and then there's the guy in armenia who's at the monastery and then mm. you've got um the kazakh guy who's out cutting vehicles in half with his giant sword sickles and then you've got the werebear out in Siberia. <laughs> so, I mean, these places are like thousands of miles apart. You know, people don't stop to think that the vast majority of the Asian landmass is Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the, the, or the, Russian republics. <laughs> the, the passage of time in this movie is bizarre. It's things, so bizarre. Things happen instantaneously that should take weeks. And then also there are parts where it's just like, well, we have two weeks until this thing's going to happen. So hang out, I guess (laughs) (laughs) all over the place. We'll make you a new suit. (laughs) Their cyber scientists are going to make them. That was when they said our cyber scientists made you these suits. I, I just, I lost it. So, so let's jump to that. I I threw something in here. Uh, Gosh, I have to scroll. We have such a large, uh, discussion topic list here in this particular one. Um, there's like this weird, like, okay, so let's talk about the end a little bit, I suppose, if we're going to be there anyway. Bad guy, building a tower on top of a tower. The best way to contru- construct a large antenna, as we all know, is to stack a large building on top of another tall building. Um, that's what he's doing. And then while he's doing that, they just go off and seem to do like training for a couple of weeks and like get costumes and, and learn how to use their abilities and like, you know, fine tune it. And then it cuts back to when they come back to the double tower to fight him. And it's seemingly the same day at which he was started working on it because he's doing the exact same thing in on the same day. Like it is the same day for all intents and purposes, Well, but somehow it's weeks later. It's got to take time for him to get it ready because he's using computer equipment that looks like it came from the Soviet era. I mean, he's got these old yeah. green LED, you know, the CRT monitors on like this giant block of green painted metal, which presumably has stuff in it that will help him control the satellite. <laughs> I, so you know what I love the logic of this movie is the same thing we all have when we get frustrated with our cell phones, which is just hold it up higher, <laughs> right? Like that's <laughs> another plan. tower on top of it, <laughs> right? It's That'll just improve like, the signal, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like I don't. What are you? I didn't understand. What he was trying to transmit to the satellite that he needed to somehow get a whole other building <laughs> higher in order to do it. Which he never does. He just suspends the tower in oh, between like six yes, other large buildings, right. which would block the signal. <laughs> well, I, you know, he's got, well, he, he has to understand. wait. He has to wait for the exact right moment for the satellite he wants to get right overhead, and then he's clear. I and do what's, love what's though. What's the satellite called? Uh, satellite module called two. Again? No, the satellite. It's the hammer. Oh, oh that's yes. right. Yes. 
hammer. Oh, leave it to a Russian movie to write in a Soviet-era satellite they launched in the space that can destroy entire countries with its laser beam called the hammer. Cities. Oh, sure. Okay. And it's all Reagan's fault somehow. Right. Yes, I love they mentioned the the Star Wars program. I was like, you just got to get one in. I, I do love though the scene when they're when they're piecing together like there's nowhere in Russia that's tall enough for him to build this antenna. What if he took both of the buildings? <laughs> and it's like such an outrageous idea, and then all of them look at like the scientists and they're like, oh, My God, you're right. And it cuts to him putting like both the buildings <laughs> and it makes no sense. Yeah, that's also like it's like the Meg. It's like what's scarier than one shark? Two sharks. Spoilers <laughs> for the Meg. <laughs> uh, and as long as we're talking about the weird USSR stuff, I wanted to talk about it because this movie, let me say what I think it's trying to do and what it tells you. What I think it's trying to do is the USSR happened. Now it's present day or close enough to it. And these were all people who were created as superheroes during the USSR, except they say outright multiple times in the movie that they're apparently still in the USSR. So, like, the timeline's weird because these people were experiments. The film says it's during the USSR. Some of the characters are supposed to be, like, 90-plus years old, like Rock Daddy. Um, and, like, did they just retcon this history where the USR, SSR never dissolves? Are they? Is it something that they like to gloss over where it's like, oh, yeah, that thing didn't reach an untimely demise in the, in the 80s? Like, it just seems weird to me. Uh, yeah, it's not clear at all. You get that's a completely viable theory that it's an alternate universe where like Glasnost never happened and the Soviet Union still exists or at least Putin never happened or Putin happened but we just don't talk about him. Um, <laughs> well, cuz well, cuz the Putin would have had to come in and save the day. He would have been the one at the end to riding solve on the, the bear. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So. <laughs> Well, no, I want that movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just found it really sure amusing because riding on the bear. <laughs> yeah. Even even if you take into account for the fact that like Rock Daddy's at least ninety years old, right? Because he has he has grandchildren who have graduated college, so he's in like his eighties to nineties at least, and he's seemingly the yeah. oldest. Um, even if you take that into account, we're still like in the future from where we are now compared to like when he would have been created as a superhero during the Soviet Union that it doesn't really line up that well. And I, I realize I'm, you know, no, but this, this is this not movie, the point. <laughs> this this yes. movie could have done some interesting world building around that. Like, yeah. cause apparently they yeah. had, they had superheroes. They had all these programs that they're like, they're super secret. No one knows about it. But uh, one of them is performing in a circus in Moscow and is definitely famous. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, everyone knows it, about like, these people apparently. Well, everyone at least knew right. about her. She was like performing this show, and like I thought, like, oh, okay, that it's being played off as a magic trick. Like she jumps into the water and disappears, and people are like, where did she go? No, she comes out, and glitter falls on her and creates a yeah. dress, and then she reappears, and that's like that's the act. And it's like, well, yeah, everybody would know about that. So this oh, is a very they, good. Yeah, but they'd assume it was a trick of some kind. I would yeah. think. But I mean, yeah. even she's supposed to be, you know, like in her like 60 something because she said she wakes up. She woke up with her superpowers in, in the 1978. 70s. Yeah. And that was 40 years ago. 
So it's supposed to take place in like 2018. Interesting. Okay. And she's, by the way, as long as we're on that, they they make so much fuss about nothing in so many parts of this movie where uh, Werebear just wants her to remember because he was like seemingly romantically involved with her, like had some sort of special relationship with her, but but she can't remember anything and she doesn't remember the experiments done on them and they never really hash any of that out. No, the the characters in this movie are disappointing and could have been interesting. And the only part where I really found them interesting is when they go to go pick up Ksenia and uh, they, uh, they like kind of fight with her and they, they have like their only real bit of banter around. And like, it's the only time you ever get kind of a feel for their dynamic. And I was like starting to groove into that a little bit and it never happens again. Yeah. Well, so this yeah. is a good segue into one of my discussion topics, which is who thought of these superpowers? Because some of them are distinctly less useful and cool than others. Like Water Invisibility Girl and Rock God are not as cool as Werebear. Or even as like Wind Ninja Guy. Like these are, some of these are so much less useful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't even twig at first. Not until the second viewing did I twig that she was only invisible when she was wet. Um, <laughs> at oh, least I didn't even realize that. Oh, right. yeah. 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 That, that's so, why they like need um, to like apparently put a suit on her that like just kind of spritzes her with water, I guess, <laughs> in order to keep her <laughs> invisible. <laughs> huh. I'm not sure. But I mean, yeah, there's that. And the guy with the rocks can only pick up small rocks. I mean, yeah, a lot of small rocks, but like fist size rocks. You yeah, know. 2017, Avatar The Last Airbender had come out. Rock or earthbending is a thing. We have seen people with these powers doing way more interesting things. And I thought his was just telekinesis, but then they're just like, nope, it's rocks. And only rocks. rocks. And the solution <laughs> to you never have enough rocks is we just put some rocks on your suit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But like, the fact yep. he's so easily you know, <laughs> disarmed by not having rocks near him at one point in the movie is just so uncool. Like there's just it's so anticlimactic in so many ways. I mean, some of them, I mean, yeah. some of them, and when I say some of them, I really, I really just mean Werebear are very cool. And like, I understand <laughs> them from a superhero perspective and some of them just feel inconsistent and Nicole you brought that up too that like the rules of their superpowers as well don't like the rules are very they can be stretched and they they can be yeah, combined or bent or ignored because like the uh, water invisible girl says that she can control her temperature so like she never gets hot or cold and yet she's caught by being frozen <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even yeah, realize so that Yes, no, that, that also caught me off, too, because like, just minutes before, she's like, I can control my body temperature at all times. But apparently not. Yeah. Except when she's surprised? I don't know. <laughs> and they yeah. Why also, didn't it work then? One, one of the oh. hidden rules of their superpower that is discovered without us, without, without being explained to us how it's discovered, just like Scientist Man comes in and makes a discovery, uh, they can combine their powers but the way they describe it in the movie makes it sound like like everyone like gives their power to one person and then you amplify that person's power. But yes. no, they just kind of stand together and shoot a beam. 
because because the scientist, the old scientist that everyone thought was dead but was still secretly alive, uh, he like the way he describes it is if we if they all give their powers to to Rock Daddy, I, that's all I'm going to refer to him <laughs> as. This podcast. If like if they gave their powers to him, he could tear the Earth in half, which makes it totally sound like it amplifies their powers. But when it happens in like the dramatic final moment, th- he just kamehamehas, like it's just a giant energy blast I can't. oh my god yeah. that's exactly what it is you're right <laughs> yeah earlier you see like him and the invisible woman combine their powers like she puts her hand on him and she turns them both invisible so he can hit you know the bald muscle dude with his electric rock whip and god I could go on about that for a long time um but <laughs> And so she can turn it invisible so he can strike from like the shadows and nobody, you know, the, he won't see it coming. And, but yeah, when they combine it, it doesn't look like a combination of their powers. It just, it's this whole new thing. So, yeah. By the way, what a cop out in terms of screenwriting to make the, the convenient elderly scientist that pops up to save the day like oh yeah everyone thought i was dead and that's why i know where the bad guy's facility is and that's why i know how to fix your powers and end this movie all because you thought i was dead okay well i think the like i i would know where the villain is because he thinks i'm dead like i actually thought that was a little bit clever Uh uh-huh like that's like a nice little like you know ace in the hole that's that's i'm gonna give the movie what credit i can give it Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Khan is cool. You know, the, the ninja, the fast oh, yeah. ninja guy. So cool. And like, oh, give me more of like develop them into characters. I was so interested in him. Yeah. yeah and he's got a really good look. Those two sickle yes. swords on his back forming oh. a circle. And it, it's, it's it, and he's super fast. And it's, he's, so, it's really cool. It's very edgelord. And yet I'm into it. <laughs> though though I, I do love that there's a scene when they're all attacking the double tower and they're waiting for him because he keeps rotating in circles in a helicopter waiting to jump down and the movie makes you think he's going to do something really important that causes them to be able to finish this fight and all he does is jump down and cut a bar in half and then the wilhelm scream happens and then the wilhelm scream happens right but like that's all (laughs) he does they use the wilhelm scream yep (laughs) it just it was Anticlimactic, again, is the, probably the proper word to describe it. Uh, one thing I did also feel in this movie is that, like, so many of the scenes are awkwardly written video game cutscenes that were never intended to be stitched together into a movie. It's kind of like if you watch only the cutscenes from a game and you're not getting the gameplay in between. Um, and, like, the random jumps in context and seeing the scene because of that can be very jarring. Um, like, for instance, there's a scene where, like, where a uh, werebear walks in and has his heart to heart with um with their blonde uh Sam Jackson and 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 like he's like I need to talk to the doctor and she tells him oh he's not available I'll wait I need to talk to the doctor this is the most important thing ever and then they have their discussion and then he just walks away and doesn't talk to the doctor or there's a different scene where like the that same doctor the good doctor is like working in his secret lab and all of a sudden the bad guy just like walks out of the corner. Like it doesn't show you how he got in or how he knew where he was, or he just kind of just appears from out of the corner as if there was a scene before that of him getting there. And 
it's just so bizarre to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you brought up a point too, where it's like, it doesn't really pay off that he's like afraid of his powers. Like they yeah, could have, he's going to get stuck as a bear. And there could have been a great moment where he like, when he, when he, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when he goes full bear mode. And like, you could have had a moment where like, you could have built the relationship where Ksenia starts remembering their relationship and is like, I remember us. I remember you come back to me <laughs> while he's in full bear mode. Yeah, no nope. memory because he he like clouded her across the back of the head while he was in full bear mode by accident and like you know gave her amnesia. Something. If only, something. yeah, <laughs> something. And then that's something I put in our docket as well. You know, as you just said, David, is like this movie doesn't have any stakes. Like at any point, like no one dies except the bad guy at the very end. No one's ever really in danger. The 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 very brief moments in which they're in any sort of trouble, it's automatically resolved even the city is like entirely empty as they're in moscow and and he's building his double tower and there's no people around like there's not people running in terror like there are in most superhero movies it just feels like an empty complex there's just no stakes at all the most we see is one guy looking around a car as the tanks march around ah right right i mean live live i mean rock daddy gets baned you know <laughs> it's true he does <laughs> and he then does immediately comes up. back and is fine like even even with full bear mode there's no consequence to that as david said like he goes for full bear mode twice and then just comes back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like they get locked down a force field <laughs> what happens the commander comes and lets them out of the force field <laughs> like, right, and it's like in the the bad guy doesn't even like briefly get full control over the, all machines on the planet and like oh it looks like he's gonna win it's like they stop him way before that's ever a problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> so let's talk about it let's talk about full bear mode and we keep saying full bear mode because <sighs> there is that shot when they're having their heart to heart we've referred to here and he says you know i just don't want to go full bear mode and says it with the straightest face and the dub (laughs) makes it even better because the dub does says it entirely unironically and then full bear mode as we find out is not just going wear bear but the bottom half also turning in the full bear and him becoming a giant bear literally full bear mode (laughs) it's the best why is that not the name of this movie that's a better name than guardians right what what is cackling with delight when it finally happens (laughs) in the movie and he goes full bear mode and like aims a submachine gun at somebody while he's a bear yes it's 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 fantastic it's fantastic because he's two machine guns two machine guns at the same time because he has the the machine gun he has the machine gun on his back that he's like walking through the streets just plowing down bad guys and then he hops (laughs) onto one of the tanks and like starts controlling its machine guns yeah it's like yeah this is what this movie should be you're correct yeah oh i love if only more of the movie was full bear mode if only (laughs) and i love the fake science when they put the minigun on his back and they tell him oh yeah it'll shoot whatever you're most aggressive toward because obviously he's a bear he can't just be shooting i mean i guess he is later but like that's how it works (laughs) that's the stuff i can get into though that's when i was enjoying this movie oh the last half hour of this movie is such a joy like so yeah yeah i brought up the uh earlier the uh 
the Spider-Man scene, but also like, I think this movie is just a, uh, a compilation of scenes from other superhero movies smashed together. Like that whole scene of like, here's your suits. I'm like, now we're doing the Incredibles. All right. (laughs) And I, I, I gotta say like, this movie plays into some stereotypes that I feel like we have of Russia in some ways, especially when it comes to the woman who uh, is Mm -hmm. all, is all butt shots and then her suit still for no reason has cleavage. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's like the clothes she was wearing before, like the thing that she was wearing into battle before was like a normal top that covered a person normally. And then her power enhancement suit as this huge V down the front. So you can see the tops of her boobs real good. And it's got, you know, the it hugs her butt for no reason whatsoever. And yeah. you don't get to you don't get to see anybody else's butt. Nobody ever the men all get like blousy pants or like tops that hang down over their butts. You don't mm. get to see any man butt in this movie. No, no. 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 And there's several times where like there was one scene when it opened on a hallway, but it opened on a woman walking down and it's her butt. And it's like, yeah. why? What was the point of that? Oh, yeah, supermodel Nick Fury. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, she's wearing this pencil skirt, and they're like the camera is down at that level while she's walking down. I mean, she is like the the ultimate stereotype of like the the icy Russian beauty, you know, mm-hmm. like the blonde and stern, and you know, with the red lips and slicked back hair, and she's all business, but she's still kind of sexy and she's got yeah. the smoky you can tell that 2017 was the year in russia for women to have like smoky corners of their eyes with their mm. you know just a little bit of fake lashes on there because like all the news anchor women have it you know oh, major yeah. lorena's got it the you know the the water inviso girl is she's got like the fuller version of she's got the full smoky eye going but yeah. that was the year, clearly, in Russia for this makeup fashion to be going on. And and, and another stereotype is when they're when they first find uh, Water Girl and they're talking to her, and they're like, "What you know? What other powers do you have?" And she's like, "I make a really great borscht." Ah, uh, yes. It's like <laughs> what? There's got to be other dishes in Russia. Like, that is, like, the most stereotypical, like, that's what I would have written in there of, like, she's from Russia. She makes borscht. <laughs> right. If, it's, if it were an American movie, it would be, like, I make a mean apple pie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I make a great cheeseburger. And also, full bear mode is, like, the imagery of full bear mode when he's standing on top of a tank firing missiles and guns or whatever as a bear. Yeah. There's just Russian something bear. so, like, yeah. quintessentially, like, western interpretation of russia about that like it's just like and maybe it's also russian interpretation of russia to an extent i mean i have seen that video of Putin shirtless riding a horse um but (laughs) yeah just it's i don't even know i don't even know it's so absurd it's so absurd i'm at a loss for words russian listeners or listeners with russian heritage please let us know it did feel i think what i'm getting at is that and i think david alludes this as well particularly um with Water Girl or whatever her name, Water Woman is that her name? That we're Water Woman gonna... is the character's name. Yeah, Ksenia. Oh God, Ksenia, oh, yeah. right? Ksenia is it's the like, actual. It, it reads to me like Western people making a parody of a Russian film in a way. Like it's almost like 
the like I was thinking like Xenia on a top from like Goldeneye. Like that's a stereotypical <laughs> like Russian, absolutely absurd bad guy um, yep. who kills men with her seductiveness. And uh, that was the kind of Russian they put in this movie. And it was just weird that like they they made it like this is not a bunch of Americans ignorant of Russian culture. This is just movie is just absurd. Yeah, and the wear bear, like it being a bear, also feels very like stereotypical Russian as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Now, this movie was made on what is the equivalent of about a five million dollar budget here in the U.S. And I, I will oh, say I that, like, half, but that's still tiny. Still very tiny. I will say, like, the VFX are. Do they look like a 2014 E3 demo? Kind of they're not still not half bad. Like I, I really don't think this movie looks that bad. And like one of the ballsiest things they do here is that in America, if you were making a $5 million independent sci-fi movie, then you would have like two effects shots and that's all you do. And that's all you could pay for. And this movie builds an entire premise around entire need of VFX for every scene. Yeah, it looks like, you know, you it looks like a late PS3, maybe early PS4 right. game. And that's not like that's not that's not an insult to to it at all. That's with that kind with that level of budget. Like it really isn't. No, I was really surprised. I thought it would I thought the budget would be more like in the 40 million dollar range maybe. You know, because they do pull off some decent shots. You know, it looks like they're carrying that tower into the city and propping it up and suspending it. It looks pretty good. And the, you know, the con effects look pretty good. And they did those, you know, they, they did some good end arounds on the budget, you know, like they've got a clone army, but they're all wearing like these ski masks with 27 lenses sticking out of them. So they look like the sand people from the first star Wars. Now, does he have a clone <laughs> army? Cause he never mentions it. He never at any point <laughs> in the film says clone army. No, 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 no. That's another yeah, point where there's yeah, absolutely no like stakes. Is he, times. he captures yeah, the Guardians. <laughs> he like, captures the Guardians, and he's like, you guys need to join me. And all of them are like, hey, no. And he's like, all right, clone army, and just walks away. And <laughs> yeah, right. like, that, that was really bizarre that he was like, you should all join me. And they're like, we're never going to. He's like, well, I don't need you. It's like, so just kill them? <laughs> or leave just them for, for Onatop to find? Like, oh, I can't. He's yeah. got to give them the requisite, you know, villain amount, a certain amount of time in which to escape before their Correct. destruction. Now, according to the truce of superheroes and supervillains, I have to give you 24 hours to get out of here. I also do love, right. though, that yeah. it, it, he doesn't have enough motivation that's meaningful. So even when they try to do the whole bad guy captures good guy, so bad guy can rhapsodize to good guy about his secret plan. Now the good guy will never survive anyway. Like that thing that happens in every movie, his is just, everyone will know I'm a genius. <laughs> that's all he cares about. Yeah. That's his uh, motivation. Yeah. So, uh, one thing, one other effect I do want to call out when we're first introduced to Khan and he's cutting yeah. a Humvee in half and a man yeah. is sitting, what seems to be, perfectly in the middle seat of the back of the Humvee and gets cut in half with the Humvee. Yeah. yeah. What a and shot. they were very clever about it. They, they show you like the bifurcation line, but then they cut away to the outside before you see the man come apart. Uh, you know, which... And you see <clears throat> the, uh, the speed effect they did. They moved the camera 
in real time and they had like four different stunt people in the same con outfit so they had one guy do a quick move and a pose and another guy do a quick move and a pose and they cut between the stuntmen they used the effects to erase you know the other stuntmen as they were focusing on where con was supposed to be in the scene at a given moment and they added like the blur of effects and the the poof of the black particles or whatever the heck it is yeah and uh, so, by the I way mean, one they, of the one of the best parts of the movie yeah oh absolutely and it's a gorgeous setting and i mean that was that was something where i wondered if they were like trying to scooch in a tiny bit of social commentary because they shot that part in the dry part of what used to be the aral sea you know <laughs> way back when when i was a kid the aral sea was the fourth largest lake on the planet and soviet irrigation programs cut it down so it is now 10 percent of its original size 90 percent of it is gone most of it has turned into a desert uh, the fishing economy around it was devastated. Um, but so I wondered if maybe that was like a tiny bit of, oh, let's work in a little thing about how maybe the Soviets weren't a hundred percent great. Maybe that wasn't the best era in our history. <laughs> or if they just went, you know what looks really cool? The dry arrow lake bed. Let's bring uh, the stuff out there. I think it's the second part. I do too, especially <laughs> yeah, because probably. like one thing I also feel like is, is so I'm, I'm going to get into the more political side of this is like Putin is, is known to be nostalgic for the Soviet union for many reasons. Um, and at the end of the day, I do wonder how much of Russian film has to be made under similar circumstances. If you were to make a film under the Chinese government in their country, um, they do have a censorship you know, issue similar to, to China, um, their media state run, you know, their critics, which pan this movie, which we'll get to next is state run media. Um, and I, I do wonder if part of that answers my question earlier as to just glossing over the demise of the USSR, because that's maybe just something you don't do. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the Russian filmmaking industry and whether or not that becomes an issue for them with censorship. But uh, this no was idea. this was deemed uh, by many of uh, critics in Russian publications as one of the worst movies of all time, in which case I, I have a whole laundry list of other ones that I think could probably take the cake <laughs> yeah. over this. Um, yeah. But it was criticized for having a derivative plot, bad acting and direction, cheap CGI plot holes and overall low quality. Um, the RIA and RIA is like kind of the equivalent of like Russian CNN. It's a multi-bureau colossal agency. But again, um, state run, um, they put Guardians at the top of their list of worst films of all time in 2017. Um, maybe it was just fresh in their minds at that point, but man, <laughs> that's harsh. This is kind of fun. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, my kind of wrap-up thoughts on the movie were, were going to be basically like, Watch it with some friends. Like, yeah, we're obviously tearing into it, and making fun of it, and I think that's the like I'm I'm enjoying it, and I had enough fun with this movie. Like, yeah, it gets boring, it stretches. I think as Nicole mentioned earlier, but for the most part, like, watch it with some buddies, and you're gonna have a great time. It's really fun. I agree, um, and I and I also think that the director had to adapt uh, on the press circuit to this just that getting poor panned guy. through. But, 
But, but, but, but, is he? Because I wanted to talk about his excuse where he blamed how poorly this did and the cancellation of the sequel because we forgot to mention at the end of the movie, um, oh, yes. she turns around and says, there's more Guardians, wink. Um, they never get the sequel. It was canceled. And he blamed it on Russian audiences not being as familiar with superhero films uh, or even just comics as a whole in comparison to their Western counterparts, that people in the U.S. had seen enough of, of their share of superhero movies where they just kind of got it. How badly does that excuse make you cringe? Because that's a bad excuse. It's not it's a, a great bad. movie. Own it. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible excuse. That's... That's so dumb. Being like, we never could have made a movie about, about like, just make a good movie about superheroes and people will like it. And like, with this, I, there's not Marvel films in Russia. There's not, right. like, there's not people bootlegging Marvel films if it's not released widely. It doesn't show up. Like, like comics haven't made their way. Like, come on. Yeah, the, the extras on the Blu ray were pretty obviously like those three minute clips you used to see on HBO, like to promote a movie that's coming out. Um, And the director was saying, you know, we don't have comics are not a big thing here in Russia. We don't have the history of them. They're not a big part of the culture. So we wanted to, you know, we, we knew we weren't going to be able to go toe to toe with, you know, Marvel and DC because we, aren't going to have nearly the budget. We just want to make something that's entertaining and Russian and, you know, that people will enjoy. And in the meantime, they go and they interview the guy who plays the general in the beginning, who's like, yeah, when I was growing up, I used to love comic books. We were able to get like (laughs) two or three single issues and I read it over and over and over again, you know? So it's like, no, comics weren't common, in terms of like being able to get them, but they were prized and they were enjoyed. And there were people, there were fans of comic books in the Soviet union. It it reminds me of, uh, Max Landis, who I don't even want, don't, I don't want to get into Max Landis, but when, but when American ultra came out and flopped, his response to that was, Oh, so we're we're just not doing original films anymore. We're just like, we're done with original films. Uh. And it's like, no, you just didn't make a good movie. And people right. weren't interested in it. Like, that's what happened. Yeah, The yeah. quote from this director, he says, Americans have seen Superman 15 years ago and Batman in the early 90s. There were superhero movies well before that, my friend. Um, that is, they put our viewers on a comic strip for a long time. This was our, our the first successful comic in Russia was only in 2010 or 2011, uh, which began... That's years as, before this movie came out. And also like that... <laughs> That doesn't track. Like, oh, yeah, comics, the medium that been around for 100 years, are now successful in 2010 in, in Russia. I don't buy that. Um, yeah. And then the spectator, because they do not understand, why do we have to watch this? And in a year, for example, that's hard for us because 20 years have passed, and therefore we simply do not have such time. That's all. Kind of a fragmented quote, because I think he probably doesn't speak great English or this is translated. Um, but what he's getting at is like, hey, you've been able to prime audiences, right? Like, they've seen this stuff for 20 years. That's we had so one. Dumb. And that's so dumb. That's dumb. I'm not buying it. Andreas Jan uh, is his last name on here, and I'm scrolling up to see his first name. Sarek. No dice. All righty. Uh, where are the DC and Troma lawsuits? <laughs> From oh. the <laughs> I'll, clo- I'll close with that. Yeah. 
Oh, well, before we close, I just wanted to mention something that I found out in the little making of thing is that a lot of the werebear stuff was performed by the actor in a mocap suit with a giant foam bear head. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. So, yeah. (laughs) Just this gray foam bear head. Is that really necessary with mocap? Like, is there any I mean, reason I, don't know. I guess they wanted to track the him? motion of the head with relative well, to the for, body. Yeah, I was going to say for height purposes and stuff, you want to track yeah, the Yeah, Oh, okay. Maybe so. Yeah, with the Invisible Woman and the Invisible Woman, you've got the the guy who's got the electric whip, like the guy in Iron Man 2. You've got the guy who looks just like the Toxic Avenger. You've got... Uh, you know, you've got the bad guy doing exactly like Bane and breaking the guy's back across his knee. Um, you know, it's just there's so many, so many. I'm sure the yeah. director would say that he was paying homage to. No, he wouldn't because things. those didn't exist until 2010, Nicole. He's just <laughs> learning about all of these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even, even Rock yeah. Daddy is like, he is very thing-like, right? Like, I know the thing is like a rock. But like, like he can like build a rock suit around himself to make exactly thing like. Yeah, I mean, this to me is the equivalent of like seeing a app that gets pulled from the app store that looks exactly like a very popular Western property that a you know Chinese app developer has made and is now selling for ninety nine cents. Um, this movie is it was really fun though. I I, I don't want to get too bogged yeah. down in some of the weirder parts of it because. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nicole, I'm glad you blind bought, blind bought this and brought it to us. Uh, does anyone have any closing thoughts on Guardians? No. It's just one. Full bear mode. Full bear Full mode. Bear, bear mode. mode. And I love that that's not something we made up. They call it <laughs> in the movie. I And I'll be honest, I don't think I could have come up with anything that beautiful. Right? Yeah. Full bear mode is so good. It's so pure. I, I think I think this movie it it gets a little bit into so bad it's good territory because 100%. whatever you know whatever the director blames it on now like they were trying to make a decent superhero movie and they they fail on making a good movie but they made an entertaining movie absolutely uh, one thing I also do want to mention with full bear mode in the opening sequence uh, in one of the two intros because it has like two different intros in this movie. Um, they show like all the scientific documents of of them creating the guardians and there's just these multiple diagrams that show like a man's head drawn next to a bear's head or a man's hand next to a bear claw and like arrows showing like it's gonna go that way (laughs) now i get it (laughs) it's great oh the science of this movie uh, very good. Well, next week, a reminder, it is You Did This To Us. I feel like we just watched You Did This To Us. This seems like the kind of thing that someone might do to us. Uh, but reminder, you can vote on those on our website, mgrpodcast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or follow any of us individually as well. We all share it, but be sure to follow the main pages as well. Nicole Davis, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, uh, Nicole underscore Davis. Very cool. And what about you, David? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Davluz. That's D-A-V-L-U-Z. Everything you need from me, you'll find there. 
Very good. And you can find me on Twitter at, well, at I am Brett Stewart. That is Brett with two T's and S-T-E-W-A-R-T. We will see you next week to end the cycle with a you did this to us, and it'll be in the show, Doc, because we don't know yet, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. We'll see you then. (laughs) 